What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and I am joined by my two favorite people on planet Earth. I'm so happy to receive the return of Paris Lilly. Paris, how you doing? Ah, I'm doing fantastic, and I want to first and foremost thank Khalif Adams for filling in for me last week. It was a really great episode. I, I, I love the chemistry all three of you had, and it let me know how much I love being on this show because the entire time I wish I was on the show because I just wanted to chime in on all the topics that you were talking about. And I will also address at the top, Khalif, you chose violence. I choose peace. I choose peace. I wish you well. I will not address the things that you said on the show about me last week. I love you, brother, and I'll have my revenge soon enough. So there we go. Let's go with the show. <laughs> I, I like this energy we're bringing in, Paris. Is right. And uh, me and Gary did miss you. We really loved having Khalif around. But I saw your tweet, and it is really, really cool, Paris. We tell you this all the time, and I tell Gary this. It is awesome to be joined by you guys each and every Friday and just hang out, talk Xbox, talk video games and life, and just smile and laugh and, like, that's the best part about this experience, sharing it with both of you. So thanks for the tweet. Thanks for the fun. And uh, let's move on over to our guy who's been lost in Los Santos. I'm, try I'm trying my best, Paris, to pull him out of it. I'm trying to wake him back into reality. He's in the Matrix. Gary Widow, what is going on, homie? How are you? I'm I'm good, and you know it's funny. You you make a joke about it being the Matrix. It really that's honestly how it feels. It's other reality. You go and get lost in and become someone else. I'm lost in Los Santos is a great way to put it, Mike. Um, it's 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 almost becoming a problem. I'm playing this goddamn you know game until three o'clock in the morning in this role playing server where you get to go and disappear into another reality and become you know other characters. It's just it's just so much fun. I mean, I don't know how long. I'm going to be into it. I, I, I t for me, I tend to be like really excited about something and then I kind of burn out and move on to the next thing. But for right now, I'm just loving every minute playing on the NoPixel uh, role-playing server, which for the uninitiated is a heavily modified, customized, private version of basically Grand Theft Auto V online uh, where you can you know, go to Los Santos and basically live another life. Everyone you meet in the city is another person who's playing a character, you know, with a, with a voice. And it's more like improv theater than it is playing a video game. There are video game aspects to it, but like I've played for hours and done nothing but just like goof around. Let's go to the beach. We just like fuck around on the beach and have fun. It's, you know, it's just, just the most fun and I'm having a blast doing it. I love that Gary. And I'm happy that we have a, a, a reintroduction to it because this week I started the show before we went live and I asked you and Paris, what you guys been playing? We got some new releases. It takes two Outriders, Norito Boy over there. And you look to me and go, I don't know about that, Mike. I've just been playing role-playing. So I know you've created a second character now. We have the debut. Why don't you give everybody out there the rundown? What the heck is going on? Why do you have a second character, Gary? I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to pimp my my shit. As you know, Greg doesn't pay me anything to do this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to basically take my payment in free advertising. Um... Please do. Uh, I do encourage anyone listening, go by twitch.tv slash Gary and youtube.com slash Gary Basically, the live streams are on the Twitch channel. And then every week, the great kebabs, the kind of funny best friend, is working with me to edit these, these adventures down into like little 20-minute, you know, highlight reels um, that we put on YouTube. So whether you come to the Twitch channel or go to the YouTube channel, a YouTube channel, please do come by and check it out. It's just twitch.tv slash garywitter, youtube.com slash garywitter. Don't forget to like and subscribe, mash that notification button. I'm, I'm learning, Mike. I'm learning how to do the social medias. Um, so yeah, you can create multiple characters. You can obviously only play one at a time, but you know you can have alts. 
Uh, I started off with this character called Gary Mitchell, who's uh, he's a gangster from the East End of London. He's a Cockney like me. And uh, he's uh, he's currently laying low in Los Santos after uh, a job went a bit sideways uh, back in the East End. A few people got their fingers burned. They're not too happy with old Gary Mitchell right now. So uh, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to you know keep my head down, uh, but looking to make a bit of money. You know, not too fussy about how I make it. You know, bit of this, bit of that, bit of the other. Um, so that's, you know, Gary's fun. Gary's a lot of fun. Um, but a lot of people said to me like, "Oh, are you going to do a talk show? Like when is Los Santos talking? You know, because as you know, Mike, you were the announcer. You were the you were the hype man." We did Animal Talking, which was a talk show inside Animal Crossing. That was really popular. We then went on and did Talk Guys, uh, which was uh, you know a, a, a t- kind of a talk show inside of uh, uh, Fall Guys. So once I started playing uh, GTA Online, everyone was like, oh, you know, when is Los Santos talking? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do like that again. You know, like, I feel like I've done that joke twice already. But I kind of came up with a slightly different way to do it. I created another character called Carson Longcock, and he is a disgraced talk show host from Liberty City, Drummed out of Liberty City after he accidentally blew up one of his guests live on air during a 4th of July special. Uh, so he's moved out to Los Santos now, obviously City of Dreams, you know, City of Vinewood, in an attempt to kind of rebuild his career. Um, and he's trying to get a new show off the air called Los Santos After Dark with Carson Lancock. And he's going around the city right now trying to get people to kind of be guests on his show. And it's not so much like just doing a talk show, but it's a show about a guy who's trying to do a talk show and we'll actually do talk show segments, but it'll be like, remember Larry Sanders where a lot of the stuff was behind the scenes, but then you actually saw like, right, yeah. saw like the talk show segments, hopefully a little bit like that. We'll do some talk show, but the majority of the show is basically a failed, the, the, the gag is like a failed talk show host. who's trying to get back on his feet and real be, rebuild his career. And I got to tell you, Mike, it's been a lot of fun fucking around with my American accent. <laughs> a lot of people, they didn't think old Gary would could do it, but uh, I've been trying to play, playing around with it. And some people are seeing through it. They're like, you kind of sound like a goddamn Brett faking an American accent, you son of a bitch. But I fooled a lot of people so far. I'm going to fool a lot more. Before I mean, I'm like done. Gary Wood has d- disappeared from this uh, episode. I don't know where <laughs> yeah, Gary is. Exactly. He's freaking me out. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun. I discovered I could do it. Remember when I did that hype thing for, you'll remember this, Barrett, when I did the hype reel for Nitro Rifle oh, yeah. Association? Yeah, that was uh, really the, impressive. For, for that the, was really for the, good. For the, for the blue, the Blaze Blue, or whatever it was called. What was the name of that team? I can't remember. The Dallas oh, Blaze. Uh, the or... the uh, uh, Dallas Fuel, Fern Blue. Dallas Fuel, that's right. And I did this like kind of whole like monster truck announcer voice that people seem to enjoy. So I'm, I'm trying to see if I can sustain it over the long period. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun just to kind of become someone else and disappear into another character. And it's become so ubiquitous now that when I go to play the game, I just tell my wife, Leo, so I'm going into the city. And she knows what I mean. Because I'm not going to the real city. I'm not, no one's leaving the house. But I got to go to the city for a couple of hours and take care of some business. She knows I'm going to Los Santos. It's so much fun. That's awesome. I'm really glad that you're having fun, Gary. And it has been an awesome ride watching you on twitch.tv slash Gary Witta. I'll pimp it one more time for you because I've seen you and your crew running around the city doing some weird stuff from fishing oh my God. to going to the rooster and just eating food and tea all the time. Oh, it's so then, much fun. You and your friends decided you wanted to become news reporters and to oh, see yeah. you guys fumble. I mean, Paris, they fumbled <laughs> with getting the person to stand in front of the shot with the microphone. Oh, somebody has to hold a boom mic. There's a light that right. we have to put out. And then right. Gary with a camera and these guys, they can't break character. So they'd yeah. be like, Gary, are you recording? And he's like, yeah, I'm recording. And like, no, he wasn't recording. You have to actually go into the shot. You would see it yeah. up on the screen. Yeah. And it puts up like, a little fire on, weasel news, oh, yeah. and we do the whole thing. Oh, the funny awesome. thing is the first time that we just so said, it's actually a real job. There's good money to be made. You go to the news station. There's like an NPC that gives you the news job. You get a radio scanner. You know that you remember that you know, if you've seen the Jake Gyllenhaal movie Nightcrawler, 
where he has like he's like a reporter oh, like yeah, a, in LA great, yeah. and he has the police scanner and yeah. he just shows up at crime scenes films the like the really gory footage and then sells it to like the local tv news station there, there, there are people that really do that and we're kind of like playing nightcrawler you go to like weasel news you, you get kitted out with a microphone a camera a micro you know, a boom and some lights we've got a four-man crew and you're like okay shots fired officer down you know at this location you race over to the location and you know you get your know, ems are on the scene the cops are on the scene and they're trying to keep you away from the, from the get back get back it's like we're the news we got the first amendment we're trying to get in there get the shot get the <laughs> angle because they'll pay you good money if you get the right footage and uh, we drove around. The first time we were trying to do it, we couldn't figure out how to use the new scanner. We couldn't get any real crime scenes. So we just decided to beat the shit out of one of, one of our own guys and then call it in as a mugging and then filmed that when EMS showed up. I'm, I, it's just hilarious. It's so much fun. You're the best, Gary. And uh, I feel like we're getting lost in low center. So I have yeah, to, let's move I have on. to let's pull move us on. out quickly and bring us back to some more gaming and Xbox talk. But Paris, you've been gone. We missed you for the week. How have you been? What have you been up to, my guy? Because I always love hearing your adventures as well. No, it's been good. Um, last week I was out uh, doing doing dad stuff, you know. So got to spend time with the family, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on. When when the opportunity, you know, arises, you know, you got to take that time away. But um, yeah, it's been good. Uh, like the last time I was on here, I have started playing Fallout 76. I'm still pretty early into it, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, it feels like a Fallout game. Um, but there's people in it yeah. and they can help you with stuff. And that, that's been pretty cool. Um, the other thing I've, I've been continuing to chugging along with, with Wolfenstein, but, uh, probably the main thing I've been playing more than anything has been Outriders and to, uh, pull a cue from the great Gary Witta. Uh, you know, I'm going to self-promote here. I'm doing some sponsor stuff with NVIDIA and Square Enix. So if you go to my YouTube channel, which is my name, Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S, I should have some Outriders content up, as well as talking about the advantages of DLSS when playing Outriders on PC. So thanks to NVIDIA and Square Enix for uh, sponsoring that content. But uh, yeah, it's been a blast. It's been a blast having a lot of fun with Outriders. And um, like I said, Fallout 76, uh, it's going to be another game kind of like with Yakuza. I, I've been playing, I started Yakuza 0 and I haven't, I got to jump back into it because I know it's going to be a slow burn to try and go through all those Yakuza games. But I feel like the same thing with Fallout 76. Just take my time, play it as I can. And, uh, you know, experience the wilderness, the wilderness, excuse me, of uh, West Virginia and uh, just go through it. It should be a lot of fun. I love that, Paris. Uh, me and my friends have gotten lost out there in the wilderness and we've had so much fun. And I think I'm excited to hear your adventures and where you guys go. Some of the points of interest, some of the different, uh, you know, wildlife you'll encounter. Mm -hmm. But one that I always notice, like you said, is like there's other people running around. And my coolest one is when you jump in, especially where you and your squad are, if you scroll around the map and look at the different levels of different people, you'll see yeah. people that are skyrocketed up in oh, the yeah. hundreds to thousands. And you're like, man, this person loves this game. And it's really cool to see if you walk past them and or encounter them, you'll see their power armor and it's fully customized, different colors and all that. They got the awesome base that you can't wait to build. And I'm excited to see how far you get into that and what you encounter. That's cool. The only disappointment I have with Fallout 76, and I know we were kind of talking about this a couple of weeks ago because I wasn't sure at the time, is the lack of uh, crossplay front with PC and console. I really wish, you know, they could they could crack that code. You know, obviously the Xbox team has been doing some amazing work on other things, but I would love to see Bethesda and Xbox figure that out so that PC players and Xbox players and PlayStation players for that matter can all just play together. Because if there's more people 
all in one quote unquote shared community being able to help each other and collaborate and do do adventures together i just think it'll make that community even bigger and and more close and my dog agrees See, my dog is upset yeah, no come doubt. on we, we got to get it but we gotta um, fix that yeah but that that's that's probably be the only thing that i i would have a complaint about right now and even that one's minor obviously because i'm so so early on but yeah i would love to see some cross play that way i could hop back and forth between pc and console and just keep my progression going you know Really cool, Paris. I can't wait to hear more about that. And you've also been playing Outriders, which we're going to talk about mm -hmm. later in the show to give our impressions on, since that's the new hotness of the week. I will tell you one last thing before we leave Fallout 76. Now that I remember, give a try to Nuclear Winter, the Battle Royale. Just try it once. Try it once. See if you win. See what yeah. you think. It's kind of weird. It's out there. It's a different kind of take. But uh, it is cool that you can just quickly click on that, play a game, and then jump back to your normal Fallout 76 Absolutely. gameplay, which is fun. But uh, enough about all that. Let's get into the show because we got a whole lot of fun, a whole lot of positivity, and a whole lot of Xbox news to talk about right now. But, of course, this is the kind of funny X-Cast we post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast Best Toast Time on YouTube.com slash games roosterteeth.com and on podcast services around the globe please make sure to head on over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games give a like to the video share it and subscribe to the channel a really cool one right now over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games is the return of party mode your favorite let's play series with the kind of funny crew roger our editor has gone back and he's bringing all the laughs all the smiles and all the fun to party mode right now the series Super Mario 3D World, myself, Tim, Andy, and Nick will share all the fun, all the disappointment, and all the laughter with our playthrough of that. You don't want to miss out. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. We'd like to thank our Patreon producers for the month. Mick at the nanobiologist, Tom Bach, Elliot, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Trent Barry, and Tyler Ross. Of course, this week's episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by FitBod, HelloFresh, Gabby, and we'll hear more about them a little bit later on. Let's jump into the show. Guys, we had a nice long intro about Gary having fun in Los Santos, you returning to Fallout 76, and most importantly, returning to the show. But we got to celebrate an anniversary. And this one, Paris, seven years. Seven years as the head of Xbox for Phil Spencer since the big promotion and the new move with him in charge at the helm. And it's been a whole lot of fun. And uh, GameSpot put up a really good article. There's been a lot of Twitter commotion celebrating phil in all the years of him at the helm and it's been really nice to see the positivity the rewarding nature of like hey you've done a good job this has been a lot of fun with you and i do implore everybody to go out there and check out eddie's write up over at GameSpot, where he kind of just wrote out about his opinions on phil and you know the ride that we've been on and he actually pulled from the announcement phil spencer's blog called a new day at xbox back from March 31st, 2014, and pulled a couple of big quotes right here that I want to remind the audience on. This is uh, his mission right here was, quote, our mission is to build a world-class team, work hard to meet the high expectation of a passionate fan base, create the best games and entertainment, and drive technical innovation. As we continue forward, this renowned focus and mission will be a foundational part of how I lead the Xbox program, end quote. One of my favorite quotes that I pulled from the blog that really resonated with me, and I'm sure a lot of others, was just at the top, quote, our community is at the heart of what we do at Xbox. Whether it is meeting thousands of fans at the launch of Xbox One, talking at industry events, or hearing from gamers on Twitter and Xbox Live, I'm actively listening, and I'm motivated to do what's right for fans who've invested their time, 
parts, and money into the products we build. You have been the most important part of the success of Xbox has had to date, and you are critical voices as we continue the journey. Let's keep the conversation going. So we celebrate seven years of Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox. It's been a long journey. It's been a fun journey. It's been a shift in the conversation. Paris, you have some great stories with Phil Spencer. What do you think? Seven years here? This is a pretty cool milestone to celebrate. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool milestone to see. And like you said, that was, that was a great article that, that kind of kicked off this conversation on, on social media. So one thing I said when I saw it was because it just instantly made me think of it. I said that, you know, when you look back at the seven years that Phil Spencer has led the Xbox team, it was honestly the smartest decision that Microsoft could have made because I'm not sure. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, there is no X cast because there may not be an Xbox right now if it wasn't for that leadership decision um, at that time. And the reason I say that is this, I was in that crowd at 2013 at E3. And I remember, ironically enough, it was Phil Spencer himself that announced 499 for Xbox One with that connect. And you could have, you could just hear the air leave the room when they said that thing was $500. And then obviously Sony undercut them by hundred bucks later that night and the rest is history. But it, you, you think about the confusing messaging that the Xbox One had when it launched, everything was TV, TV, TV. They were emphasizing everything except what it should have been about, and that was games, right? Um, I'm not gonna prosecute them again for that. We all, we all know that. But the reason I bring that up is, with then getting Phil Spencer to come in, and uh, you know, in seven years ago, Mark, what was it, March 31st, 2014. And I remember Danny and I got to interview him at that E3 of 2014. And it was obviously still very early on, but you could even see then just the personality and, and the confidence that, hey, I wanna try and right the ship and, and steer it a certain direction. So fast forward to 2016, I had the fortune to go to the Xbox Spring Showcase in San Francisco that year. And Phil gave a keynote to, to everyone that was in attendance. It wasn't for public consumption. He was just talking to the people that was in attendance. But he laid out everything that we're seeing today. He talked about the vision of where Xbox was going, going beyond the console, going to multiple platforms. He was really emphasizing uh, Windows at the time. And that really caught my, caught my ear and caught my attention to hear that they're trying to build up these services, build up the infrastructure and, and make Xbox something welcoming, welcoming for everyone, right? And I'd been pretty critical of Xbox during, during this, this time leading up to that, right? Uh, and I was like, huh. I kind of see where they're going here. And I just remember that E3, that's when they started talking about Xbox Play Anywhere. And I had been a very big PC player, you know, during the last generation of, of gaming. So that was kind of exciting for me. Like, oh, because I remember even at that at that showcase, they were showing off Quantum Break on Windows 10, as an example, right? So I'm like, okay, here are the building blocks. Here's where we're going. And then what you just said, Mike, talking about what, what he talked about in 2014 was pretty prophetic because... I think the reason Xbox is where it is right now is he built a great team. You know, you can, if, if, if you don't have the right people under you, it doesn't matter how great of a leader you are. It's about building a team, about building that trust internally that, that they have. And we're seeing the fruits of that labor now. I mean, look, obviously, we're, I'm sure there's a ton of Game Pass news we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about all the backwards compatibility initiative that, that they've done. You've looked at the initiatives that they've done with their hardware by having these two SKUs with the Series 
X and S. You're seeing them create high-end products, low-end products to cater to the needs of everyone's forwards and backwards compatibility with all the accessories. I mean, look at all the studio acquisitions. They realized the gap they had with their own internal studios as far as having, you know, a, you know, a robust games lineup. You know, obviously, Bethesda just happened. You know, you're hearing rumors about the Discord. You're seeing all this stuff happening right now. And that's all happened under the leadership of Phil Spencer. And yeah, I, I, I truly think we're not, we don't have Xbox right now, or at least it's not a part of Microsoft anymore if it wasn't for him. And at least having the vision to take Xbox in a very different direction from the traditional way, because a lot of the services and things that we're seeing now with cloud streaming and Game Pass and all that, they're not the quote unquote traditional gaming things that you do. And to not focus so much on the entertainment side it's there but what is xbox at its core it's a gaming device it's a gaming platform and that's where the emphasis is being to be very inclusive with the community and be active you know you see different personalities at xbox that are out there in the community talking with people and being interactive phil spencer himself is obviously very active within the community that's good it gives xbox a personality it's giving them an identity and there's still work to do clearly i mean we've talked about it here um we see the potential of what these 23 studios are going to do it's not here yet it's very close but none of that happens if they didn't start that work years ago to build up to this moment so it's pretty exciting so uh yeah i i think gaming as a whole is better because we have phil spencer at the head of xbox because it took xbox and made it a true competitor to what PlayStation and Nintendo is doing and competition drives innovation, right? So it makes PlayStation better, it makes Nintendo better, and obviously it's making Xbox better. So, uh, you know, congratulations to Phil for seven years. Hope he doesn't retire anytime soon because um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the future of what we're seeing with Xbox. Love that. Gary, you've been in the industry forever. You have seen leaders come and go. You have seen the good, the bad, the ugly. What does Phil stack up compared to others that you've seen? Are you liking what he's doing here at the helm of Xbox over these seven years? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I would just say, you know, I good for Phil, and I and I feel like all the plaudits that he's he's earning right now on the occasion of the seventh anniversary um, seem very well deserved to me. I just like the guy; he just seems like a cool dude to me. And you have to, I can tell you a couple of stories about that. But for right now, just first of all, just think about what he inherited. Right, the Don Matrick era was a disaster. Let's let's be honest about it. The launch of Xbox One was a disaster. As as Paris talked about, the four ninety nine, they 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 banked everything on two things that turned out to be grossly, grossly wrong. Connect, and 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 the H. Let's plug your cable box in, and you know they banked everything on cable right as cable TV was starting to become less and less relevant. And they also just assumed that we cared about all that stuff. Sony, remember how much fun Sony had with the game sharing videos and everything else? They were just punking Xbox left, right, and center that whole couple of years. That hundred dollar price difference, just the whole offering just wasn't as attractive as the PlayStation Four, and they lost so much ground coming out of a tremendous um, uh, era with with the three sixty. Uh, that you know they're still catching up, but now it actually seems like they are starting to catch up. At least the optics and the mindshare suggest that the, we're doing so much better now. Our Xbox is doing so much better now um, in the Phil Spencer era, and you know you see a lot of that in obviously Game Pass is is the big initiative, um, but so much of you know the the S and the X and so much of the strategy right now. So like it's like it's almost like a back to basics strategy. 
right? But, but let's also, you know, the subscription service and a bunch of stuff that Sony is doing. Now it almost feels like the other way in this gen in this generation is that it's Microsoft eating Sony's lunch, right? We, we saw that with, um, you know, we're seeing that with Bethesda. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about MLB and some of the other stuff that's happening this week. It just, the, the vibe I'm getting is like, man, Microsoft is hungry and it's aggressive. And it's making all these moves. And Sony's just kind of sitting there taking punch after punch. And like, so if, if this is some sort of like kind of rope-a-dope tactic, Sony needs to start punching back. Because right now, you know, Sony is like, you know, Ali on the ropes and, my, and Phil Spencer is fucking George Foreman just beating the shit out of him. Um, so, you know, from a business point of view, um, I think Phil has done tremendous things. And it's gotten to the point now, and I know this is an Xbox uh, podcast. We're allowed to be fanboys. We're Xbox kind of cheerleaders, cheerleaders over here. I'll call it out when I, when I see something I don't like. But in general, I would honestly say at this point, if somebody said to me, should I get an Xbox or a PlayStation? If you factor in Game Pass and everything else, I would say get an Xbox. Right now, I honestly believe that Microsoft has the better offering than Sony. If you factor in everything, hardware, Game Pass, services, just all of the stuff, I just kind of feel like Microsoft, for now and in the future, I feel like Xbox has a more interesting future than what Sony is showing us, right? PlayStation 5 is still a great machine and there's always going to be great games on it. It's going to be another really, you're going to be happy with a PlayStation 5. I just, for me, if I had to give up one right now, I would give up PlayStation 5 in a heartbeat and stick with the Series X. Just personally, you know, I just, I get this impression from Phil and maybe I'm a bit biased because I remember he came on Animal Talking. You remember this, Mike, we got, we got Phil on Animal Talking. He came on the week of Microsoft having to announce that Halo Infinite was going to be delayed. That was a really, really tough week for Microsoft. And I fully, fully expected them to pull that appearance. It's like, you know, Phil's not going to want to come on to a live, it was a live show. He's not going to want to come to a live show like the day after this really, really painful PR announcement. It was awful, a bad, really bad week for Microsoft. But he came on the show, he answered some, some pretty tough questions, and he had a lot of fun. We had Lisa Loeb on the show. She did a whole, you know, kind of children's sing-along with us. I remember there was one point where she said, and everybody, you know, this is a song about a UFO. Everybody make a sound like a UFO. Everyone on the, everyone else on the show was like too self-conscious to do it. Phil was the only one who pretended to be a UFO. I was like, you know what? This guy's all right. So just on a personal level, I kind of feel like he's a cool guy. You have to remember, this is, a, this is someone, someone in that position when every single word you say publicly is scrutinized and analyzed forensically and has the potential to move the stock price of the parent company. Like you say one word out of place, it's headlines the next day. I think given that that's, you know, kind of, he always has to be so careful about every word that he says, he comes across to me as someone who is more authentic and more genuine than a lot of people who are at that level. Do you know what I mean? He, I think he does, a, a, whether it's real or, I, I, I honestly think it's genuine, but however he's projecting himself, he comes across to me like one of us, like a gamer who loves games and wants to deliver a lot of great games to his fellow gamers. If, the, if this sounds like too adulatory, I don't know, but like, I, I, I just think that Phil's doing a great job over there. And I've had just personally really good experiences with him as well. He's one of my favorite people in the games business right now. I, I, I think you're spot on with that, Gary. And I think your last point about, you know, are, are we being too, too congratulatory on this? I think, I think it's fair because I think if, if Xbox was screwing up right now, we would be raking them over the coals, right? So it's almost like give credit when, where credit is due. And like I said, when you take everything as a whole over these past seven years from what Xbox was at the beginning of last generation to where it is now at the beginning of this next generation, it's night and day. I mean, they're giving you so many, and I know we'll talk about the B, the B and O head, headset and all that uh, later, but as a quick example, 
the one thing that I saw uh, online when that first got announced, oh my God, I ain't spending $500 on a headset. What the hell are you doing? Um, okay, you don't have to. That's the whole point. They're offering that at the high end to audiophiles, right? At the low end, what did we just talk about two weeks ago? The Xbox headset, the, the wireless headset at $99. It's one hell of a value. That's the one thing that I'm seeing Xbox is doing as we're going to this next generation. The X and the S is also a great example of that. Here's your high-end console. Here's your low-end console. Here's the one that's going to be a lot more family-friendly and affordable in the value, couple it with Game Pass and the S. Here's the one that's giving you all your 4K and all your frames and all that stuff at a higher price. You know, it's it's it's... Like I said, it's making gaming for everyone. We're not saying it's like PC gaming where, you know, it's this exclusive club to where you got to spend like freaking $3,000 to have the best of the best, or they're not making it dirt cheap where you're not getting all the fun features of gaming too. They're kind of giving you the best of both worlds in that sense. And all that's happened in the last seven years. And you can't, you know, snap your finger and it happens overnight. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience with that. It take you have to take your lumps while you're building to something better. And that's that's what I've seen over the last seven years. Because like I said, I've been highly critical of Xbox. Like, honestly, I, I walked out of that 2013 E3 press conference going, Xbox, what the hell are you doing? No one wants this stupid camera. <laughs> I literally told Phil Spencer that to his face uh, in 2014. When Danny and I talked to him, I was like, not a fan of the camera. Uh, why are you forcing us to get a camera that no one's taking advantage of? And then guess what? They obviously took it out and they streamlined the Xbox One and they made it they, they made it cheaper and had it make more sense at the time. And you notice now in this generation, there is no camera. So it's, it's little things like that where I think it, it took smart leadership. It took a lot of patience. It took, you know, fans not being happy with your product, listening to them and pivoting and 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 you know going a different direction as needed that's what we've seen the past seven years so we can be cheerleaders pom-poms whatever you want to call it i just like cool stuff so if i see someone doing something cool i'm gonna say it if i see them doing something wrong hello 120 dollars xbox live gold i'm gonna say that too that's just just how it is and xbox isn't perfect phil spencer isn't perfect they've made plenty of mistakes the past seven years but they've also listened and i think to me that's the more important thing to not double down on a mistake to actually realize when you're making mistakes and do something to fix it, do something to change it. So if they keep that mentality moving forward, um, like I said, I, I think the future's pretty bright for Xbox. Yeah. Big congratulations to Phil on seven years as head of Xbox, March 31st, 2014, celebrating a fun anniversary. Of course, when all this was going around Twitter, he tweeted out, he said, Crazy to think it's been seven years. Couldn't be more proud of the team, what they've learned and accomplished over the years. Lots more to do. Thanks for all the support and feedback from the community. I really do appreciate all the positive energy. We have a fun user question coming in from viewer of the show, BJ Bernardo. He says, hey, y'all, March 31st marks seven years under Phil's Uncle Phil's leadership. What has been his greatest accomplishment so far in your personal opinion? Great question out there, Big Dog. He put uh, some examples of fixing the first-party exclusive issues, creating Game Pass, fixing Xbox image, image. What do you guys think is some of your favorite accomplishments from Phil and maybe one that really resonates with you? And I'll take this one and uh, go off with the beginning of it. I would say the Play Anywhere initiative. Paris, you, you brought it up, right? And I call upon it all the time whenever we talk about Project X Cloud and playing on the PC and Xbox of 
he put me, the gamer, at the center of it all, right? And that's why I've always wanted to be. You guys hear me continue to talk about playing anywhere and having my files follow through. And I think that was something really special to me of what Phil and that team did to put the priority on, hey, let's branch out from just the console and allow these gamers to play anywhere they want, whenever they want. And that's something that will always stand out to me. And of course, also prioritizing accessibility. You see the adaptive yeah. controller. We mm -hmm. talked about the accessibility guidelines and what that team is doing. I think he's built a team, like Paris has said, around him that really elevates him and he elevates them in all different aspects. And you look around and you say, man, this is a strong crew over here at Xbox. And Phil at the lead is calm, cool. He speaks with candor. He rocks an awesome bomber jacket with the shirt combo that teases you. He's got fun things up on the shelf and he is a great leader. He's really cool. But for me, it's play anywhere. That's something special to me. Paris, what was something that you really love? Um, I'm going to take it slightly different. I'm going to say two things. The, the first one sticking directly to gaming. I think we'll look back and one of the smartest moves that has happened under his leadership was delaying Halo Infinite a year. Um, if that game would have come out when it did, I mean, I don't know if it would have been a cyberpunk level uh, disaster of chaos, but it might have been close. Clearly, they realized they saw the feedback from the community. Again, they listened. They listened to the feedback from the community and they pivoted. They, 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 that was their launch game. That was the thing that was supposed to sell the Series X. Master Chief is back launching with an Xbox console the first time since 2001. And they were smart enough to realize, let's not do this. Let's give that team enough time to get Halo right. To me, that shows me again why I'm excited about the future, that they're not afraid to hold a game back if it's simply not ready. Now, obviously, in the current state of the world, it, it, it should be expected at this point. Um, the second one for me, and this is a little more, more selfish and not directly tied to gaming, is the fact that under his leadership, Xbox has not been afraid, has not been afraid to speak out on social issues. Especially, obviously, we've seen a lot that's happened in the world the past year. Um, Xbox has always been very quick, you know, to denounce hate and just a lot of the other racism and just sexism. A lot of the things that we've seen out there in the world. Um, another thing that we've seen, and I always just use Sarah Bond as the example, um, you know, trying to create a, a diverse team under him, right? Because diverse, the more diverse voices you have, the, the, the more unique the product is, the more innovative it's going to be. And we've obviously seen the fruits of that labor just specifically with Sarah Bond and, you know, trying to do more just under the Microsoft umbrella to promote STEM to, to our youth, because I think that is so important. I don't think there's enough uh, kids out there, especially people of color, that are interested in STEM. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math, because that drives the world. That's the future of where we're going, and we need to find more unique ways to get kids, get our youth involved in that stuff. And I think gaming, actually, believe it or not, can actually be a great educational tool because the game will lure kids in, and then they're not even realizing they're learning, and they're, they're learning valuable skills and tools at the same time. So the fact that he's been championing stuff like that, I think, is very important. And uh, yeah, just, just kudos to him and just kudos, again, to you know what he's been doing with the team the past seven years Gary anything stand out for you yeah a couple of things first of all on the on kind of the optics and the image issue that kind of shit's hard to pull off I always remember like back in the day remember when Jay Allard was the was the face of yeah. 
of Xbox and they brought him out in the in the hoodie and the and the and the and the jacket and the whole thing and like I, it's hard it's really hard to do often so when 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 big like you know corporate executives do that like hey you know it's all it comes across as like how do you do fellow kids like people can just <laughs> see right through that shit yeah. if it's not authentic I've never seen you know and it feels not a, a suit and tie guy either but like again it just comes across as like more genuine to me I don't know say like it's a hard it's a hard thing to do um in terms of like greatest achievement obviously like like game pass kind of rules all right now for me it's often just it's often just kind of the little things i think a lot of it is the attention to detail and this obviously isn't isn't all phil like phil runs the show but you've also got to give credit to like all the engineers and all the other people working under him that like contribute to this effort but just like xbox to me is just starting to seem like right now just a better conceived hot piece of hardware and a better conceived offering than the PlayStation 5 right now and all of the little details. Just look at some of the shit we're seeing right now, like with the Avengers, right? And, and, the, like the, and the next gen upgrades of the Avengers. I did, I, I read the other day, like what, what you have to go through oh. to upgrade your PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5 version of the Avengers and get your save to carry over. I mean, it's, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You've got all this stuff. You've got the Xbox version, boom, done. Then you have to think about it. Smart delivery taken care of. You want to upgrade the storage? on your console well first of all the series x has got much more usable storage uh than the playstation 5 what is it like 850 gigs compared to like 650 something like that mm-hmm. so you got some more to play with in the beginning if you want to upgrade the storage on your xbox series x or s yeah it's yes absolutely yes it's very expensive because you know this technology is brand new but the option is there and it's like a lego brick just plug it onto the back and you're done i've got one it's just slot it in boom done PlayStation 5, the option's not even there yet, and you better have your screwdriver ready for when that stuff does ship because, you know, you've got to get inside the guts of the box. I, I know some people think this isn't a big deal, but, like, these little details add up. If you want, like, a seamless, frictionless experience in terms of the upgrade path, we're going to talk about MLB, uh, I'm sure, because that was the big news that dropped today as well. Again, on the, on the PlayStation version of that, if you want PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 versions, you've got to shell out for either two versions separately or buy the, you know, the, the bullshit, um, you know, super deluxe version on xbox you don't have to worry about that oh and by the way if you've got game pass you ain't even paying for it so like again i just kind of feel like they're killing it right now in comparison to some of the stuff that sony is doing both in terms of the big picture and the little details that actually end up to make they do make a big difference in their everyday lives as gamers well on behalf of uh team x cast over here congratulations phil on seven years of having fun at the helm of xbox and here's the many more we cannot wait to celebrate the success and, of course, talk about the hard times and get through that together. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, here's to many more. Talking about some fun wins, y'all. Over here on Twitter, we had another big social media push. Your team, Xbox, has won the official Twitter Best of Tweets brand bracket. Yeah, that's right. It's the month of March. That means NCAA basketball is taking over. And it's all about March Madness, baby. And this is the time when you see some fun activations from different companies and Twitter put together a big bracket for the best of the brands and your team Xbox went up against some big likes like Wendy's, Uber Eats, Airbnb, Gatorade, Bud Light, MTV. And of course they made it to the finals against Skittles. And it was a big one, boys. I don't know if you kept up with this over the past 24 hours, but it was a neck and neck race on Twitter votes on who would win best brand of the bracket. And uh, it came down to a big push from Ann Greenberg. He said, hey, if we make this possible, I will green light the production of an Xbox Series X mini fridge. And I think that might have been the push that really got us over the edge because your team Xbox defeated Skittles 
50% with 0.5 to 49.5% in the finals. Damn, Unbelievable. It was close as can be out there. Skittles was offering to bring back the lime flavor of Skittles and put green Skittles in the bag. I know, that, and that was tempting. <laughs> i got to tell you, I love those lime Skittles. <laughs> I love that. So with that, congratulations to the team. That social media team has been killing it, so you got to give them some love on that. And a really fun one there, but Aaron Greenberg, the green light is set. Guys, we're going to see, we're going to power more dreams. Right, the Xbox well, Series X deliver, mini right? fridge. Now they have, now they have to make that fridge. We would, uh, Khalifa and I were talking um, earlier. You know, I can see, I, I've got it. You can actually see one in the background of my shot, and in the background of Paris is that Zoa energy drink um, uh, fridge they did. They sent out to influencers like a little, a little fridge, that a mini fridge that looks like an Xbox uh, Series X. We were talking that might be just what it is, right? They'll take the Zoa branding yeah, off. But that I will be so. the mini fridge. So let's look forward to seeing that coming soon. It's a, I, honestly, it's been a lifesaver. I've been up until three o'clock every every night <laughs> in Los Santos. I need I, I need a I need a little hydrate break. Roll my chair right over there. Grab a grab <clears> a, <throat> a a drink and come right back. That's a fun one. And now Paris, we're going to talk about the headphones. But does this fit under a premium product? Would you put the mini fridge as a premium product? What do we call them this thing? Yeah, right. I guess we'd have to, right? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with Gary. This this thing has been a lifesaver to have this fridge in my office. I, I I keep my protein bars in there. You know, I keep keep a few energy drinks stored in there all the time. I can just turn around and grab it, and don't have to run it run into the kitchen. So it's great. And I can tell you right now, I, I saw all that happen in real time uh, when Aaron was posting that about to push him over the top to do it. Clearly. You know they're they're doing it to have fun. I think they were going to wind up doing this anyways because let's just just keep it real. The second that thing goes on sale, it'll sell out. Yeah, it'll sell out. Right. Yeah. Right. And and it's such an uh, um. God, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to just say accessory, but I guess that's what it is in a way. Like it's behind me right now. It's sitting in the background. So streamers, you're going to start seeing more and more people just have this Xbox fridge, just in their in their their gaming rooms with them and that's it's just more it's just more mar another marketing tool for xbox so to speak to have that fridge i mean it's a cool little thing i mean i look i i'm glad i have it i'm, I'm thankful to xbox and the rock uh for sending it over to us but uh yeah the second they put it on sale it, it's it, it's gonna sell out for sure because um it, it's cool. It's, it's a cool thing to yeah. have. I, now, I now, now, the way that Sony responds now is they need to make like the PlayStation 5 air conditioner or whatever. You know, everyone <laughs> says like the PlayStation 5 looks like an air conditioner. They should do the PS5 air conditioner or, yeah. or the Wi-Fi router or whatever else people say it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, really fun one. I can't wait to see that become reality. Get our friends with a mini fridge out there. It's really, really cool. Of course, all of us, like Paris said, thank you to The Rock and Xbox for sending us uh, the Xbox Series X mini fridges. I'll challenge you guys with this. We have the mini fridge. The mini fridge will now go into production. You think it'll be very similar. What would you elevate out of your mini fridge for the consumers out there before they go out and buy? What would you do to elevate the touch of your Series X mini fridge? Like, how would you, how would we improve it? Yeah, how would you improve it? Because, like, to me, I'm thinking, right, you look at it, and it is the Series X. It is a big black box, right? Sometimes it's kind of, it's kind of there, I think. Maybe illuminating a light of the power button would be cool. If you open yeah. it, it would be green inside, right? We yeah, saw yeah, I just yeah, seen yeah. when she yeah. opened it, it had the power sound, you know? Like, what kind of small touches would you do to elevate this product, right? Because this is, like Paris, you know, I asked you, this is a premium product, right? We're going to shell out a fair amount of money for one of these if we were buying them in the public. What would you do to elevate it to make it? Oh, no, 100%. The first thing I would do is the Xbox logo that's on the front door. I mean, it's just a painting. Oh, yeah, no, light that, that up. That, that, that thing lights up. 
for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, I would have the green on the top. And again, I don't know what cooling and all that. I would have some kind of green glow coming out of the top of it. Like you said, maybe green or green light inside of it as, as well. Um, maybe when you open it, it makes the Xbox startup sound or something like that, too. I don't know. Something like that. Gary, you're reaching in there all the time. You got yeah, any ideas? The, yeah, the, the, ne the Nexus light um, for sure. Light it up. Uh, actually, in, in Paris's shot, it actually looks like it is lit up. Maybe it's the way the light's hitting yeah, it. It actually looks like it's illuminated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it's just a you know, it's just a sticker. Um, uh, and yeah, a green light inside. You know, something would you know because you know there's, it, you usually expect a fridge to light up, right? You know, that's what fridges do. So like, put, put a little LED in there. I don't think that would necessarily add much to the price. Um, but upon you know, I mean, it, you know, a fridge is a functional item, right? Like it does what you know, as long as it keeps my drinks cold, I'm not I'm not complaining. I will say this, just fair warning: if it is the same one, if it's the Zoa branded, you know, because I, I think it's, I think it was a pre-existing item that they looked at and said, you know what? I don't think they designed this. I think someone already made a fridge that basically looked a lot like this, and they skinned it to make it look like an Xbox. You know, it's got like the green you know holes on the top and the Xbox mm -hmm. uh, logo. Um. So, you know, it was it was kind of an off-the-shelf item, I think, that they just customized ever ever so slightly. Just fair warning, if it is the same one that we have, if it turns out to be that model, it, it, you can't put a whole lot. It's pretty small. Again, it might be a half dozen cans of soda at the most. It's very, very small. It's more of a micro fridge than a mini fridge. So just bear that in mind. It doesn't have a whole lot of capacity. But again, for something in your gaming room, you want to hold like half a dozen cans of soda and there's a, there's a, little, um, a little shelf in the door that you can stick like a Kit Kat in or something, you know. I'm trying to get KitKat to send me free KitKats. He Kit just loves KitKat. KitKat Gaming Jesus. followed me on. Let me tell you something, Mike. KitKat Gaming followed me on Twitter. I'm like, this is it. This is the fucking big time. Free KitKats <laughs> for life. They haven't come through yet, Mike, but I'm working on it. You just keep yelling it, Gary. It's going to happen, big dog. You know, I bring the KitKats into Los Santos. You got it. But yeah, that will be a fun one. Of course, congratulations to Team Xbox over there on the social side for winning that Twitter March Madness bracket. And of course, Shout out to all the gamers out there, the Xbox fans who put their votes forward, made this reality. And now Aaron Greenberg is going to put up, y'all. The Xbox Series X mini fridge will be in production. He said it will probably be on sale later this year, production later this year. So yeah. it'll be cool to see what happens there. It'll be really exciting. My, but, my, uh, by the way, my, my guess is it will be a limited run and they and then they, they'll be gone in a day. Oh, yeah. They, they, instantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you're ready is right. No doubt, Gary. Um. Can you imagine everyone? Everyone is like hammering the refresh button, trying to get a fridge the same way they were trying to get the Series X. They are in the first place. There'll be bots. There'll be scalper mm -hmm. bots. You know, I, I guarantee you're going to see these things marked up on eBay day one. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, thousand oh, you, you know it, Gary. It's right. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get ready for that. Keep an eye out. We have plenty of time till that happens. So just keep an eye out on social media. This week, the kind of funny X Cast is brought to you by our sponsors, Fitbod, HelloFresh, and Gabby. Up first, we'd like to thank Fitbod. Don't get stuck doing the same workouts. Making progress towards your future you means overcoming new challenges. FitBot creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjusts to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone. FitBot creates a program based on your unique body, experience, and environments. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your last workout to maximize your results. Gia loves using FitBot to keep her on track with her workouts and keep things fresh with a variety of workout plans. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, 
every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBod workouts are balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercises to keep you sharp. Pick up the pace with your fitness journey with FitBod today, and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash kfgames. That's 25% off at fitbod.me slash kfgames. Up next, we'd like to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 10 to 20 minute meals, low prep recipes, and quick breakfast and lunch perfect for your busy schedule. With 25 plus recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tasted by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure delicious and simplicity. Joey loves HelloFresh. She's been using it for about a year and says it's a good variety of recipes and is really convenient that they're delivered each week. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KindOfFunny12 and use code KindOfFunny12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Try America's number one meal kit and go to HelloFresh.com slash KindOfFunny12 and use code KindOfFunny12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. And finally, we'd like to thank our final sponsor of today's episode, Gabby. When it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? I know I do. I put my policy to the test and turn to Gabby. They literally stand for get a better insurance. Getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage. Who knew something like this existed? I didn't. They are the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers all in one place. Use your current insurance information to get started and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. And it's free to use. That's why Tim loves Gabby. He loves Gabby because it's super easy to use, free, and gives you a great peace of mind that you aren't wasting your time and money. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like I did and Tim did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash kind of funny. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash kind of funny. Gabby.com slash kind of funny. Let's talk about what took over the news today, which was a wild one, y'all. This was a really fun one. We know that MLB The Show 21 is crossing party lines coming over to Xbox this year for the version, which was really special news already, right? I think we all were excited to play ball on April 20th. Well, Team Xbox said, you know what? Let's raise the bar one more level. Xbox and MLB The Show have teamed up to put MLB The Show 21 on Xbox Game Pass. Day one will be available for everyone on April 20th on the Xbox Series S and X and on Xbox One, along with with Android phones and tablets via xCloud Gaming in beta for Ultimate members. Really, really exciting stuff. This, uh, this is the hot ticket right now. This is wild to see that this Sony first-party game not only came across to join over here for Xbox for this season, but on top of that, we're going to Game Pass day one. Paris, how, how wild is this story? This is insane. You know, it, it, it's funny because... It obviously, I think it shocked everyone when we we saw this drop at 6 a.m. this this morning. Um, but when I thought about it more, is it really that surprising in this sense? Um, and I'll use this analogy. 
Lucasfilm game, Lucasfilm games, right? They control all the licenses for Star Wars, Indiana Jones and all that. What have we been saying forever about Indiana Jones? There's no way that's going to be an Xbox exclusive because why would Lucasfilm games want that being exclusive, right? They're going to put it on everything. So take that analogy to MLB the show. Who owns the license? It's Major League Baseball. They had already basically mandated that if the show was still going to be the only baseball game, um, it needed to show up on multiple platforms, which is why it was already going to be on Xbox, right? So at that point, why wouldn't Xbox want to take it to the next level? Who knows what negotiations, financial deals were put in place, but I'd bet a large sum of money that they approached MLB and say, we would like to put this on our Game Pass service day one, and here are the benefits to doing so. And obviously they agreed to whatever they agreed, and here we are. Because from an MLB standpoint, this gets more people engaged with their game, right? By putting it on Game Pass. I, because there are some microtransaction features that, that are, are part of the show. So if they can get more eyeballs on the show, get more people to pick up a controller and at least try it. Maybe you fall in love with Road to the Show. Now you're going to be more engaged with it. Now you're going to become a bigger fan of, of Major League Baseball as a whole, not only just just MLB the show. So I, I just thought it was smart business again, because it's a win-win for, for Major League Baseball. It's a win-win for Xbox, because this adds even more value to Game Pass, which as we've talked about many times, they're in the subscription business now. They would prefer that you subscribe to Game Pass. And the way you get more people to do that is to keep adding value, which is exactly what they did. But you can still buy it if you want. No one's forcing you to do it. But if you're a subscriber, no brainer. You're at least going to try it. And, that, and that's the whole point there. Um, it is interesting, though, because because like I said, I did see a lot of people not understanding why PlayStation would do this. I don't I don't think they had a choice. Yeah, I don't, they don't, I don't have a it's choice. Their, the, it's no not their way. decision. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not their decision. I mean, the way I look at it and I'm, I'm doing very simple math here. So people please don't yell at me. Say there was 10 million people that were going to pick it up on PlayStation if it stayed stayed exclusive, right? Now that it's on Xbox and a part of Game Pass, maybe not as many people would buy it on PlayStation. So say that number went down to, I don't know, 7 million people on on PlayStation. But then they net gained an additional 10 on Xbox because it's on Game Pass and people can just purchase it outright. So do the math. Instead of 10 people playing it, 10 million people playing it, now you got 17 million. Right? Major League Baseball wins because they have more people playing their game. Game Pass, you saw it was it was trending on social media. Xbox wins in that scenario. Baseball wins in that scenario. As gamers, we're the ones ultimately that win regardless because it gives us another choice option. I get, if I'm a subscriber, I get it. If I'm not a subscriber, I can just go buy it. So, yeah, it, it, honestly, to me, this is a great thing. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, this is a huge win. And you said it really well, Paris. They probably did not have the decision-making ability there. I'm sure MLB was like, yeah, we're fine with that. Let's do this deal, right? And it is interesting. I think this is an actual big win for MLB The Show and for everyone, like you said, Paris, because we are not only pumped up that MLB The Show, the best baseball series, is coming over to Xbox, right? But when you really look at it, when I look at the sports world, Baseball is America's pastime, America's favorite game. But in all honesty, baseball has taken a small dip, right? Basketball is really on the rise and seems to be the most popular sport here in America alongside football. And then, of course, you have soccer, you have hockey, you have baseball. But when you look at the sports franchises, right, baseball is actually the slowest 
video game you can play out of all the sports games if you're not huge into baseball, right? Hockey is fast, phonetic with big hits. Soccer, you score goals. Everybody's constantly moving. Basketball, you slam dunk with LeBron James, your hero. It's awesome, exciting. Madden, you truck stick people. Baseball is a much slower video game as a whole. And when you're trying to break through to the casual audience to show them this game, baseball is not going to be the first choice if you put in front, like Xbox Game Pass has, all the other games, right? And so it is really exciting to be like, oh, now it's on Game Pass. And even if you weren't going to buy it, now you can at least try it. And man, you brought it up, microtransactions. Diamond Dynasty is about to go through the roof with those baseball packs being sold, right? Road to the show is a whole lot of fun. Play now is great. And of course, there's going to be your own leagues. But Diamond Dynasty, that card pack building game is going to see a skyrocket in microtransactions. That's what's really exciting to me on the business side, right? But I think this is a huge win for baseball as a whole because if you put in front, just like Xbox has, all the choices of sports games, you're probably not going to pick baseball unless you're a diehard baseball fan. And now putting on Game Pass is a big, big deal because people won't have that worry of spending $60 to possibly buy it and probably not play it that much. So this is pretty exciting over here. Gary, you're not my baseball guy. I'm kind of looking at you. This is geared towards you, this big moment here. Like, you would probably skip this, as you've discussed before and weeks prior. Now with Game Pass, does this make you want to try it at least? Well, first of all, Mike, uh, au contraire, I might actually play this one. Um, I go all the way back to uh, EA Sports Triple Play Baseball 98. Yes. I used to Whoa. love that game. Yeah, I used to love too. Triple Play Baseball 98. Um, this morning, first of all, I got to say, thank you, Phil Spencer. I know Phil's a fan of the show because he said as much on social media before. I'm starting to think that he likes us so much. He's dropping these news bombs on a Friday just so that we've got something to chew on. We've got big, fat, juicy <laughs> stories to jump right on every Friday. Keep it between. It was Discord last Friday. It was Bethesda's hat. I think it was a Friday. Keep it coming. We love that. We love having these big the megaton news bombs to chew on when we record every Friday. I woke up this morning. You know, you, say you wake up in the morning, and you kind of reach bleary-eyed for your phone to kind of see what's going on, check Twitter. And the MLB news had just dropped and it was all over my phone. Everyone was reacting to it. And I honestly was like, you know, kind of like rubbed my eyes like, wait, what? Seriously? Because even I, I, I know the history of this franchise. And I was honestly stunned. I think this is a bit embarrassing for Sony, frankly, because you have to remember this was a Sony exclusive for many years, right? This was one of the big things that Sony got to, got, got to you know, advertise as like a reason to play on sony hey you like baseball right like you said america's pastime the whole thing well the only place you're going to play that is over here right mlb the show is exclusive to playstation mlb's obviously recalculated their their arithmetic on this and their strategy good for them i you know i don't know why they didn't do it years ago yeah i'm sure sony i'm sure sony you know backed up the money truck to to make it uh an exclusive for uh, a long time but i think what MLB has probably done is figured out that even though there might not be a money truck now from Sony, because it's going to be exclusive on all, it's going to be across all platforms. A, as Paris said, there's going to be more people playing it overall because now there's, you know, more people, um, you know, the, the, the sum total of people that, that can play it on two platforms is obviously more than just one. But I actually think it's a smart move in terms of like, what is MLB's core mission, right? It's not to sell baseball video games. It's to get people engaged in baseball and watching baseball exactly. and playing baseball. Mm -hmm. And then the MLB job is to promote the sport of baseball. And by if they put this game in front of more gamers, a whole new audience of Xbox gamers, maybe you know they're, they're, they're promoting the sport of baseball. That's their job. And, and that to me is very compatible with their overall 
uh, mission. In, in, ter- in terms of this being being another kind of you know uh, example of, of Microsoft kind of seeming just more hungry and aggressive than Sony, yeah, not only did they just grab one of Sony's biggest uh, uh, you know ex- formerly exclusive titles and put it on their platform, they put it on their platform in a way where like it's the it's now going to be the best way to play it. A, if you're just going to purchase it outright. Again, you're going to get smart delivery. You don't have to worry about any of that Jackie Robinson edition stuff where, you know, you're, that's the only way you're going to get you know, the cross-platform. Maybe you've got a PS4 in the bedroom, right, or, or in your secondary room. Uh, you bought the PS5, but now your PlayStation 4 is a secondary console somewhere else. So you'd like to have it on, on each machine. Well, you're going to have to buy the super expensive version. Not on Xbox, smart delivery. Buy the game, boom, it's on both. And again, it's on Game Pass. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you ain't even paying for that. You're, it's all part of the subscription. You're already paying. This is, a, a, a you know, we've been talking about Microsoft making these aggressive moves, Discord, Bethesda, all this other stuff we've been hearing about. This is, I, I think this is a really big one. Sports games, as we know, are and massive. The They're massive. And Microsoft just just made a, just, just made a massive, massive play. Um, huge. I, I think it's huge. Don't, don't, the one thing I just chimed in on that, Gary, that's the other thing. If you're Game Pass Ultimate, you can cloud stream it too so i mean that's just another perk yeah huge they're, they're throwing in too no I, I i completely agree i i definitely think it's it's a big deal and i i guess i'll just jump in right here and, and say this because i know we'll talk about outriders but this is this is relevant to that too because again that was the other big thing day and date outriders uh came out on on april 1st day one on game pass look i know we're the cheerleaders for game pass so, you know I, I see all the comments i know what you guys say but i, I honestly don't care at this point because it's just the truth they continue to add value to this thing. They continue to, like I've said, the future of the way we're going to start consuming more of these games is going to be Game Pass, just because why wouldn't you, right? If you love playing games, they're available. Why wouldn't you? Don't have to. You can go buy it if you want, but it's a great value proposition. The thing that I see happening with, now we've had Outriders and MLB back-to-back. We know they're not done. We know there's going to be more. It's just, of course there is. I think you're going to see more and more third parties want to partner up and start putting their games out on Game Pass day one, because it goes back to, again, where we're talking about microtransactions. They get you in the door with the base game. They make all the money on the back end with the microtransactions and all the DLCs and all that. So if a third party can, and I'm going to keep beating this drum with EA, if EA were to put, starting this August, Madden 2022, and then Battlefield 6, on Game Pass day one, you subscribe, you get it, you get the base game, but you still have to go buy all the DLC and the microtransaction stuff. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Again, Xbox wins because they added more value to their subscription service. The third party, you're getting way more engagement with your game now because people don't feel they need to risk 60 or $70 to try out this this new game or it's the sequel to this game, which was kind of sketchy the previous generation. Now they can at least try it. If they enjoy it, they engage with the game. They're going to be willing to go spend. Micro, like Honestly, Destiny 2 is a great template for this. It, it makes total sense now that Bungie partnered up and put Destiny 2 on Game Pass. They're saying, we'll, we'll give you the game. You, we'll give you the expansion. We don't care about that. We want you to buy the season pass. We want you to buy the battle pass. That's where we're getting our money at. And more people are going to be inclined to do that because, look, Destiny 2 is in a really good place right now. It's a lot of fun to play right now. So you're going to get the engagement. People are going to want to buy the season passes because they're going to want that additional content. And again, everyone wins. So I, I'm, I'm just saying now, I will not be shocked. We get to that summer summer event 
we're going to hear some bombshell announcements about some other third-party partners bringing some major games to that service day one. I, I, I honestly think it's a win-win for both. And ultimately, we're the ones that win because we're already subscribed to Game Pass. So it's almost like we get the game for free in a weird sense because it's available. And we're already getting them other content. Now we get the third-party content too. So I, I think it's a win-win, really. Yeah, well, Paris, you actually one second, Paris again, because you're gonna answer this one because okay. Paris hit on exactly what a viewer question is. What are the third party games coming out this year? Do you see being released day one on Game Pass like Outriders? That's coming from Brandon and H. Gary, he brought up EA and Madden and of course Battlefield. Do you think we could see more of this? And well, I want to. I, so, I, so I wanted. I want to follow up on what Paris said because he actually made a point that I uh, wanted wanted to make. Uh, but, but it's also, I think, going to kind of answer that question as well in kind of a, a, a in kind of like a haphazard way. Um, Game Pass, I think, is changing the the way that the the third party publishers look at the way they publish games. Yeah. Um, and because look, look at what's happening. Just in, game publishers increasingly are waking up to the idea that most of the money, or increasingly the money you make selling games, is not on the front end with the additional sixty dollar purchase, but on the back end with the season passes and the DLC and the microtransactions. They, you know, a lot a lot of companies now. Like, don't quote me on this, but somebody told me that like EA and Activision and Ubisoft essentially have now a thing where they expect to make three times as much money than the additional purchase price on all their games. So basically that means like by the time you've spent 60 bucks on uh, the uh, the game, they expect you to have spent more than that by the time you've done all of the microtransactions. There's more money to be made you know, after you've bought the game than when you first buy it basically when, with, with the long tail of all these additional season pass DLC microtransactions. Now, as we know, that's a can of worms, right? Because microtransactions can be um a scary thing you know I, I i've spoken out many many times fifa ultimate team and stuff like that i do equate it with gambling there was a major academic study that just came it came out in the uk literally this week saying that um that that um loot boxes and and random you know loot drops and things like that are absolutely uh, irrefutably linked to problem gambling and kids you know buying these fifa ultimate team packs and stuff like that it's 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 creating dangerous associations in their brain that could lead to them having problems with gambling later in life. So that, I mean, that set that aside, that's something that needs to be looked at across, you know, across the spectrum. But in terms of, I don't, and I don't know how MLB, for example, is doing it. So I, I won't comment on that, but in terms of the season past DLC, additional story campaigns, additional weapons and things that you can buy where you know what, know what you're getting. I think, you know, these companies, third party publishers are going to be increasingly interested in going on game pass they might not be getting the 60 bucks initial purchase, but Microsoft clearly has got some kind of business arrangement with them right. where there is a money truck for putting the game on Game Pass initially. And again, the whole point is once they've got the game in your hands and they get you hooked, they can start so they can then they can start making real money sending selling you DLC, uh, cosmetics, microtransactions, things like that. The business model is changing in that regard, and Game Pass is very compatible with that model. Get the game in the hands of as many people as possible so that we can sell them stuff after the fact. And and sorry and, and sorry to and so to answer your question, I think the sky's the limit in terms of what I, I think as more as more third party publishers um, are hip to this. And don't forget, every single game Microsoft puts on Game Pass, they're building up a, a, a data library that they can take to the next. And say, look, we've got we published this many games on Game Pass, and look how much money our third party partners have made selling deal. Like we we can every single time they have a success story on Game Pass, that is then a story they can sell to the next publisher and get the next big fish 
on Game Pass. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened with MLB, that, 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 that Microsoft said, hey, look, here's the Game Pass story. Here's all the data. Here's all the analytics. Here's how, here's how you can make a lot more money by putting your game on Game Pass than just selling it for 60 bucks a pop. And third-party publishers are getting more and more hip to that. I think you're going to see this snowball kind of gather more as it goes down the hill. Like it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Each each success story on Game Pass for a third-party publisher begets the next one and the next one. So I, I think I think we're just at the thin end of the wedge of what Game Pass is going to mean for third-party publishers going forward. Completely uh, agree with you on that. I, I, I'll just say one last thing. Sorry, Mike. Um, thank you, I completely agree with you because you, you look at Outriders right now, and I know we're going to actually talk about Outriders, mm -hmm. but that's going to be a case study. I guarantee you every major third-party publisher is looking at Outriders right now and, and they wanna see what it does on the service. What is the engagement going to look like? And I, I jokingly tweeted out, math is undefeated. Math, numbers don't lie. So if the numbers are telling you this is where things are headed, why wouldn't you jump on that? Again, we're not financial wizards or anything like that. I mean, I could be an idiot right now talking. I don't know, I probably am an idiot, but it just seems logical to me that if I'm going to get more people in the door by putting it on Game Pass and then on the back end, I can basically profit from it because there's just simply more people that are engaging with the game that way. Plus, Microsoft's obviously going to give you some kind of financial incentive to jump on board. Yeah, I will not be shocked to see more major games on there. And I'm just I'm just waving the battle Battlefield six flag because i just think that game in particular is gonna have a tough road this holiday uh to convince people to jump on board after battlefield 5 um so yeah put it on game pass because you're already competing against call of duty which is a losing proposition as we know every year and you know the last your last game didn't do that well you need to convince people to want to play it what's a better way to do it than to put it on game pass because that's pretty much what square just did with outriders i mean like i mean i know i know this sounds like completely insane when we've talked about all kinds of insane shit on this on this podcast <laughs> could, you, could you imagine I'm, I'm not even saying this is likely to happen but could you imagine if the next big megaton was microsoft announcing that the next call of duty would be a game pass oh, title that would be insane I, now don't, yeah. and again it goes to my point right call of duty is a game that relies heavily a lot of, on back-end monetization yeah. right so it would make sense to activision in the exact same way that we just talked about I think we have to be very careful with the backend monetization because again, loot boxes again. I I genuinely believe the randomized loot boxes are dangerous. But 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 season pass where you and and, and cosmetics like where you know what you're getting. Microsoft makes so much money. Fortnite makes so much money selling you stuff on the back end that again, it's all. I mean, Activision doesn't need to worry about getting Call of Duty into the hands of gamers. Everyone's already buying it. I'm just saying it's increasingly an attractive prospect. And again, like. If that happened, if something as crazy as that happened, the next Call of Duty is going to be on Game Pass. Like, I would be stunned, but I, but, but I would be like, okay, yeah, sure. It actually makes sense with everything we've seen happen up to this point. This is just the next big milestone. The sky's the limit. Yep. Hey, yeah, guys, really hit on it is the monetization, right? And that's what I think I start to look at when we talk about third-party games and what could be released day and date. And one that sticks out to me that we talked about is Knockout City coming from EA, that's the dodgeball game that I got to preview before, and I told you how I was kind of lukewarm on that. Interesting, uh, cosmetic-wise, and what you could do, customization, you said, you know, this would be really good for more of a younger audience, and it could be a great addition to Game Pass as well, so I could see that coming day and date, and then I also want to steal one from Kyle out there in the chat right now, watching live on Patreon. He says, Riders Republic from Ubisoft, and actually, 
Kyle, that's a really terrific one in my mind. Again, we talk about, we think about steep, right? And how popular, I give you the look, right? That was, right? It's tough to sell those extreme sports games that aren't SSX tricky or amped. And I'm really amped up about Riders Republic, but I think that's a very small market share of mindshare that will go out there and purchase that Ubisoft game. But the microtransactions and the customization that you could have in that game could really lend to helping out on the monetization side. So I would be interested, Kyle, if that actually were to come true. That's another game I could see on the third-party side being released day and date on Game Pass. So mine would be Knockout City, and I like Kyle's with Riders Republic. Another game that is day and date that has now come out and is now playable, and our Outrider is here to tell us all about it. Paris Lily, Outriders is now available. People are out there playing it. Servers are doing their best to try to struggle <laughs> and hold everybody in the game. Uh, what did you think so far? What have you been your impressions from People Can Fly in this game? Uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I feel this is a nice blend of of Gears, Destiny, and The Division. And I love all three of those, those games. So um, it fits right in that wheelhouse for me. I mean, is it perfect? No, it's not. Um, the the loading in it drives me insane with some, with some of the cutscenes like open a door load da, da. I'm like okay all right come on so there's still some work to do on the technical side like you said the servers are struggling right now which hey maybe a maybe a good thing for them because that means um, they're not able to keep up with demand from everyone that's playing but um once you actually get into the flow of of traversing those levels and 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 playing you know engaging with with the enemy ai it's a freaking blast man co-op when when you you know you got your trickster and the techromancer pyromancer and you're just synergizing throwing those abilities all all, all around around the screen oh it's fantastic i have a lot of fun with the, the gunplay feels good i mean could still use a few tweaks here and there um i'm what am i now tier Am I in tier 12, I think? I think, something like that. But still a way to go. But but I think the one thing I like the most about this, and shout out to True Vanguard. He's a, he's a content creator, big, big into Destiny. He's really been digging on it too. And he had put out a tweet, which I completely agree with because I was thinking about it, that he loves that he loves the difficulty. Like I always played at the max tier that, that I'm at because it's not easy. It that AI will give you a challenge and I love that. And it will force you in the co-op modes to communicate with your teammates. And like, like I said, kind of synergize your abilities back and forth, smartly use cover, things like that. Even though their marketing tells you not to use cover, they're crazy, you need it. Um, but I'm, I'm having a blast. I, I think it's great. I've been uh, primarily playing, paying, playing on PC. You know, like, like I said, I'm, I'm doing the sponsorship thing with NVIDIA. But, um, you know, during the demo, I did play on Xbox, so I can't speak to the final version of it on Xbox right now. But PC, um, like I said, I, I've been having a good time. Like I said, there's the, the loading stuff they, they need to fix. Server crashes are obviously happening. But when you're actually in the game playing it, fantastic. Having a blast with it. And uh, like, like we've already been saying, it's on Game Pass. So go give it a shot <laughs> if you're listening to this and make up your own mind uh, if it's something you want to invest in. But I'm definitely rooting for People Can Fly. I want this to be successful. I, I, I love these looter shooter type of games. And I, I hope it gets the engagement and success that it needs so they can continue to bring out new content to it. Um, like I said, chasing the loot, that carrot on the end of the stick, that's what it's all about for me. So, um, yeah, it's fun, man. It's it's a lot of fun a couple days in, and I'm really looking forward to engaging with it more over the next weeks and months. 
Yeah, the the loot grind is real for me, and uh, seeing the numbers go up, as Gary Witt always yeah. tells me, mm -hmm. has been a chase and a blast. Of course, I want to give a big thank you to Square Enix for providing me a code to review. Uh, I've finished at level 21 right now. World Tier 7, I believe, is what me and my friends are playing at. And you actually touched on it. I really like the difficulty spike is right, Paris. Right? I like that feeling of banging your head against the wall and then finally talking with your teammates on comms because I find... Yeah. When games like this is my whole team can go dead silent and we can just keep shooting and killing and never talking. But it is fun to be like, hey, we need to stop this guy and stun him really quick or focus on this. It's awesome to do that. But another one I want to give a shout out to pairs is how you can instantly change the difficulty at any given moment. Yes. Right. If it is too difficult for you and your squad, especially me who got it ahead of time and my friends are catching up to me we can take it back down to their world tier or we can slow it down a little bit and have more fun with it. So like you have the difficulty ramp up to get better loot odds, or you can slow it down and get everybody back to where they need to be. It's really cool. I agree. I, I don't like the loading Paris. I think it's ridiculous. It's what insane. is happening here on the screen? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why this is. I think somebody Greg has mentioned a couple of times that came out in, in an interview and said like, Oh, that's to bring everybody together and make sure you see the things happening. But it's like, no, we know there's a bridge. We understand we're going across the bridge. I know that the lava dragon is in the lava now. I don't need everybody to be on the same page on that. we got to stop that because we're in a boss fight and it stops and loads three separate times in the middle of the boss fight for no apparent reason at all, which is totally insane. Isn't and this have, the one thing that next gen was supposed to take care of? Like we're always saying how much in every other game we play. Oh, wow, load times are a thing of the past, but not in this game. What's going on? But it's not. Uh, it, it, it's still on Xbox One and PS4. Correct. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah. Okay. So is this less of a problem? I mean, I haven't played it. Is it less of a problem on Series X? I don't know. And you also have to I mean, think about like servers and stuff, like loading times. I, I think they're talking about like for local games and stuff where you're not having to connect right. to, with right. other people and all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, like I, I mean, said, even even on PC, and you know, I'm running SSDs on PC. It's not that it takes forever to load in. It's it's jarring. It's like open a door. All of a sudden, I'm going into this weird cutscene where I'm opening a door, and then it mm -hmm. cuts back over, and it's like, oh, come on, I can't. Yeah, I said. I mean, I think the in. issue is given given that these you know the, the super fast read read write times on um uh on these new next generation hard drives, both on Series X and PlayStation Five, and on high end PCs. Um, we're getting so spoiled now with these instant loading times that any game that stutters for any reason is going to stand out more yeah, in comparison. I, that I agree. Right? Oh, definitely it agree it stands that. out immediately. It's right. And another one, Paris, that I noticed, I don't know if you've picked up on that, is I love the revive mechanic when you're playing co-op. Everybody gets one free self-revive, right? That's mm -hmm. really cool. It's helpful. But when you play solo, you don't get that at all. You just immediately die and have to restart. And it's like, what is up with that? Which, believe it or not, I, I kind of like it. Really? Like oh, you said that's it, so weird. It kind of it kind of forces me to to strategize, especially playing on the higher uh, world tiers. It, it makes it harder. I like that it's hard. I like that it's punishing me to a certain degree. I should say that it punishes me if if I get a little too aggressive and I die, and then it, it resets me back, you know, to to the checkpoint. I don't want to say I want to play that all the time that way, but I like that that solo challenges there. I could, again, if the game is successful and we see it go long-term, I, I can see some, some solo challenge modes and some things that, well, if you want to get to certain gun, you have to go through this solo. You can't do it co-op, things like that. And you ramp up, you know, to, to the max world tier difficulty, things like that. So there's possibilities there, but mm -hmm. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Cause, yeah. cause as much as I'm sitting there praising it, I've 
cursed a few times <laughs> yeah. going, God damn it, oh, what I do? You know, so I like it. But um, was the one thing I was going to say on, on with, with Outriders is the interesting thing about it is we've talked all the stuff about Game Pass and, you know, microtransactions and make it back on the back end. As far as I know, Outriders isn't doing that. So, I, so that's one curiosity I have to see how they're going to monetize this for the long term as far as new content coming out and all that because they've really not talked about it that much. Good call out there because you and Gary said it so well right now with Game Pass. It's all about how do you monetize on the back end? How do you elevate that storefront to get me to shell out the money that I would have bought the game with and yeah. continue to help fund it? But like you said, I don't see anything there, Paris, right? There is no storefront. There is no cosmetics right off the bat that you can spend it on. So it will be interesting down the line of how do they make their money back? What is the monetization yeah. strategy? Because right now I don't see it after two days of play. Sure, we'll investigate some more and continue to play throughout the weeks, but they, I didn't they may see not, that. They may not have announced it or talked about it yet, but I'd be stunned if they don't lay that roadmap out, you know, soon. Because, you know, it's it's honestly hard to think of a AAA game these days that doesn't have some kind of season pass, you know, uh, DLC roadmap beyond just the initial release. I, I kind of think maybe they've obviously read the room and they've taken some lessons learned from like, I'm just thinking of the Avengers uh, uh, top of mind. Don't try and shove that completely yeah. down people's throats day Keep one. Keep your powder dry, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, make people actually like your game first before you start trying to charge them for, for other stuff. And I'll, I'll say one last thing on, on Outriders, and this is just from the technical standpoint. You know, the game just came out. Obviously, it's been a it's been more popular than they anticipated. We just have to show some patience with some of the server stuff. I mean, like we're complaining about some of the load time things and the technical issues. Hopefully, these are things they can address. But when you're in the game, I feel that it's it's playable. I'm having fun with it. And ultimately, that's what it should be all about. I and again, I say I'm rooting for for this to succeed because it's a new IP. We need new IPs. We need new worlds to explore. I don't want another anthem. I want this to succeed. I don't want to go, man. It was such a good idea, but oh, what were they thinking on this? And and it failed. I mean, look at the struggles that the Avengers is having right now. I won't be shocked if that game isn't even a thing a year from now. Believe it or not, depending on you know the direction they go moving forward the struggle cyberpunk is going through right now this is why i was talking about i'm glad they delayed halo i mean if we're going to complain about you know server capacity right now uh, imagine what it would have been if it was just complete chaos you know buggy mess in, in the game as we're playing it at least it's playable when you're able to get in and you're having fun so i just think we have to show a little patience i even saw him put out a, a notice right before we start recording this that hey square is working on server capacity they're trying to keep up with demand basically which hey for them like i said at the top is probably a good thing um i know i saw some of the steam numbers have uh, been i don't want to say record setting but they've been huge for the engagement with it. I don't know if that's attributed directly to Game Pass, bringing more awareness, but that's a good thing. I, I will be curious to see uh, what the engagement has been for Outriders on Xbox, obviously with the, with the Game Pass tie-in, see how many people have you know been playing it here in the, in the, in the you know, in this, this opening week. And this, yeah. is, this is why I always wait a little bit, Paris. You know, yeah, I know no, I've said this all the yeah. time. It's like, yeah. you know, if you, I, I, I'd rather wait for the, you know, especially when it's online, right? Wait for the, everything to stabilize. Let them get it stable. Let the let let things settle down. Let them patch it once or twice, and then jump in. I obviously understand why people want to play games day one, right? You want the new hotness day one, but it's gotten to the point now where it's almost guaranteed if you try to play an online game day one, 
it's going to be an exercise in frustration. This is the big opportunity for Halo Infinite, having de delayed it a year. I don't expect that game to work perfectly out of the box, but that's the opportunity. The bar is now so low that if Halo Infinite comes out and it works out of the box day one and it does everything it's supposed to do, they'll have to give it an award. Yeah. Because just, just because it's, oh shit, this game works day one out of the box. Like <laughs> yeah. that never happens anymore. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's crazy, but that's the opportunity for, uh, for the, uh, uh, for for these publishers, if they if they get it right against Cyberpunk and Anthem, we've seen all these cautionary tales. Um, and I think the the, the point about the roadmap uh, makes a lot of sense. We saw it with Anthem. You know, they kept having to backtrack and redo and kind of recant the roadmap. So I forget the, the roadmap that we said. Forget that. We're not doing that anymore. We're seeing Square Enix do it now with Avengers. We've seen it happen again and again. Uh, obviously, Cyberpunk's a unique case. You know, they had the hack, and they've, they've just had like the a lot, a lot of the bad luck they brought on themselves. But they've also had a lot of external bad luck that they're trying to fight their way through right now. But I think, in the terms of outriders, I do think internally they have a roadmap, they have a plan, you know, for the game to have a long tail. But yeah, they're probably they've learned, they've seen what's happened with these other games, as you mentioned, and they're probably they said, let's wait, let's let's let the game settle in. Let's stabilize the game as is. Let's fix today before we start worrying about tomorrow. You saw it this you saw it this past week with, C, with uh, CD Projekt, right? Oh, we're, we have all these ambitious plans for the future. And they're like, dude, maybe you should fix your broken game before you start telling us about yeah. all your ambitious plans. Like, just get it right first and then worry about stage two. I bet you that I bet you Outriders does have a very ambitious roadmap. It's sitting in a drawer somewhere and they'll they'll unveil it at the right time. Yeah. They're doing good. And it is a very fun game. The uh, Crossplay works very well. I know that PC and console is turned off as of us recording this, but squatting up with Greg Miller has been a breeze. It's been a ton of fun when he's over on PlayStation, and it is a really cool time. I love the different environments. I love the crazy beasts coming at me and all the different enemy types, and uh, it has been fun to get in the face of enemies and go out there and crush them to regen some health when I need it the most. But talking about new things like day one third parties, Coming over to Game Pass, we have more Game Pass news, and it's a first. We got old school games coming over to the cloud on Game Pass right now. 16 original Xbox and Xbox 360 games are now available to play via the cloud on your Android dev device. Backwards compatible games now playable. Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Double Dragon Neon, Fable 2, Fallout New Vegas, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 3, Gears of War Judgment, Jetpack refueled with touch controlled camo uh, cameo perfect dark perfect dark zero the elder scrolls three morrowind the elder scrolls oblivion viva pinata with touch controls viva pinata trouble in paradise with touch controls as well you can see paris is already booting up a game right now it's just that easy and that's cool and i know paris you and i i enjoyed that this morning when i woke up i believe wednesday announced that wednesday morning they announced that and it's cool. You see Paris right now on the screen if you're watching. It has the old school Xbox 360 logo. The Xbox Live Arcade logo pops up, which is truly something. And, and like the old, I, right I love that it even has like the old school, like when the achievements pop. Those are the yes. 360 achievements. I love uh -huh. that. When you play the backwards compatible games, that's how it looks. It's really, really cool. It's a trip down memory lane. And one of the coolest one is, for me, booting up Oblivion. We talked about this when the Bethesda deal went through and they put it on there. But booting up Oblivion on your phone with 2007 saves. April 2007 was the last time I played that game and saved it. And you could just turn it on and it works just like that. That's insane. Paris showed off Banjo. Paris, 16 and backwards compatible games. You know, there's a whole lot more that's on the way, too. That's oh, pretty yeah. cool from Jason yeah. Ronald and the team. 
And you know, it's, I'm glad I'm glad you said Jason Ronald because I wasn't 100 percent sure if he was leading that effort or not. But if it is, again, just just kudos to to that whole backwards compatibility team and what they're they've uh -huh. been doing and the fact that, like you said, I just streamed uh, Banjo Kazooie from the cloud. Microsoft bring back Banjo, but that's awesome. That's awesome. And and we've obviously seen other things happening in the news recently. The fact that Microsoft has this game preser preservation initiative that they're doing that they're allowing their entire back catalog to still be playable on these modern systems and not to mention things with like fps boost and all that putting it in cloud streaming so you're enhancing these old games in in a way is amazing it, it really is they, they absolutely deserve credit for that because they're doing something that their competition quite frankly isn't doing and it's reached to the point of frustration for a lot of people let's keep it real here and not, not not to turn this into you know a complaining show but it's ridiculous that nintendo took away that mario all-stars for no reason other than they're trying to drive up demand and anticipation for okay. it to get more they people did it out of respect of the death of mario no, no they did not <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point i'm not going to belabor on that too 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 much other than to say that it is great that we can still access our back catalog of games uh, through Microsoft, which I believe they started that in 2015, right? I think it was Correct. 2015 is Correct. when they started yep. that. And here we are, 2021, and we're starting to see the fruits of that labor too. So yeah, yeah, kudos to them for doing that. And it's awesome that I can pull up, like you said, Oblivion or Banjo or Cameo. Cameo is another game I would love to see them revisit one day. Perfect Dark is, is, is another one. Obviously, we know we're getting a new Perfect Dark, but the fact that those old games we can still play them right now and we can do it on our mobile devices is insane it is i i, I really like this particular batch that they just dropped as well yeah. because mm -hmm. not just because they're cool games in their own i mean it's a mixed bag like cameo and perfect i mean at the time they weren't really celebrated games it was but the point is that those were those were xbox 360 launch titles yep. so and we all and we remember those, those titles kind of have a special place in your memory because it's all tied into the launch of the 360 which you know xbox fans like us you know have a lot of affection for that period so going back and playing those games again kind of feels like revisiting just the whole vibe that we had around the launch of the xbox 360. yeah it's really cool game preservation right paris you said it so well and gary talked about it when we were celebrating phil and like all the things this team has done, right? And these are the things that we talk about, the intangibles of the whole picture, right? When you really zoom out and see everything they're doing and ensuring that I can still play these games anywhere now, I think is the big piece now that we add into this. is like, these games are coming via backwards compatibility, which we've loved since 2015, as you brought up Paris, but now it's like, we're migrating it into, this is the ecosystem and these games are gonna live and breathe on the ecosystem anywhere you want, right? And I noticed, of course, we, you, you kind of alluded to it with Nintendo, but on the other side, right, we saw earlier this week, PlayStation announced that they're shutting down the PS3, the PSP, and the PS Vita online storefronts, right? Games, uh, Video Games Chronicle reported that over 2,200 games will be gone for good due to that because they're digital-only games. And I, I remember when this was announced on Wednesday, the 16 games, and we talked about that, being able to play it on your phone and game preservation. You saw a lot of people who might not understand this, right? It's like, this is a deal where your games and your value travel with you all the time. And that's important to me as a gamer. And it's probably important to everybody as a gamer. So I don't have to go back in the shed and find my old 360. So I don't have to find all the wires. It's there and it's playable. 
And another one I noticed was somebody yelled at me about, oh, you're playing it on a phone. And I just want to take the moment and just be like, just so you know, sir, I grew up with a Game Boy Pocket where I had to strap a magnifying glass yes. and a flashlight to it. Yes. And I couldn't see Pokemon on the screen. So when you say, oh, it's on a phone, sir, I have an iPhone and a nice Android phone that are playing like 4K visuals. Some are better than my TV downstairs. And it's like, yeah, I'll play this on the phone because it's important to me as an ecosystem play it anywhere. And I also, mean, I remember where I came from also there. The, the screens on some of these jumbo phones you can get now are not that much smaller than the screen on, say, a Switch Lite. So it's like, you know, that that gap is kind of narrowing um, all the time. I will say that, you know, the, the in terms of preservation, the one, the two groups of people that hate digital games, collectors and game preservationists. They hate digital games because, you know, that physical copy, A, it's something you can put in, you know, some people, you know, they love to have mm. their shelf of games and you can't do that when it's a digital version. It's why a lot of the very popular um, indie, you know, digital games often get that limited run, you know, a physical version mm. that because those collectors will always snap them up. But game preservationists will also tell you uh, that they hate digital games because, again, when there's not, a, you know, sometimes, you know, you can, you, can do, you can do what Nintendo just did, right, and just flip a Switch server side and that game's just gone. Right. And so, and, and, but you know, you've always got that security of knowing you've got a physical copy. A, if you're a collector, or B, if you're interested in preserving these things and putting them in a museum one day. Gaming's almost 50 years old now. We're at a point now where gaming museums, that there is a whole storied history of gaming. And there are people out there who have devoted their, you know, lives essentially now to preserving these games and making sure that there will always be a way to play them as they were originally played as the physical versions go away it's making their job harder that's yeah, the yeah. Point i, I think me. there's also an element of uh, the feeling of actually fully owning something as well right whereas in in the digital sense it it, it never feels like you fully have it right yeah, I mean, it's it's a trade-off for everyone. Like, I mean, I've got, you know, an eight-year-old and the house is full of clutter. Like, the last thing I need is another game shelf yeah. <laughs> or something taking physical, taking up space. I, the analogy I always use, like, think about your music collection. Remember when CD racks were a thing, your CD tower? You had all your CDs on it. Like, how archaic does that seem now, right? No I one has CD towers. And, well, I mean, I, I'm sure you've got <laughs> vinyl as well, Barrett. It's one, of, it's one of those things. Like, some people do like having that. But for the most part, that went away. I took all my – I used to have Blu-rays on a shelf. We ran out of space because we had so many of them. I packed them all up into these little storage things and just shoved them in a closet. If I want to get one of those Blu-rays out, I'll go get it. But we don't have the space in our house anymore to have that stuff out on display. So for me, for someone who doesn't like clutter, who doesn't like having to, and again, just the simplicity of it, right? Oh, I want to play, so, you know, like I have a hankering to play this game I haven't played in a year. I can either go to my my digital archive and like have it on the screen in five seconds because it's right there, uh, or I can go hunting for it like on my shelf somewhere or in the, you know, wherever it is I've, I've stored all my games. So for me, I, I, I'm a big digital fan. I just want to, yes, not everyone is, but because we were talking about game preservation, just want to acknowledge that game preservationists hate this stuff because that physical copy is really important for them to have in their mission. And then it, it's making it harder for them to do their jobs, basically. Well, all right, cool stuff. But either way, 16 old school titles coming your way. You can play it out on the cloud right now with your Android device. And again, Phil Spencer today, actually, Paris and Gary, if you saw he tweeted out, somebody said, when is it coming to iOS? And he said, soon. So everybody keep your eye open. I mean, any day now, anything could happen here, folks. Get ready on the iOS side. Let's finish this show out with what Paris talked about before, and so did Gary. A new headset is coming over to the Xbox side, a partnership, actually. And it's also bringing in a new thing. 
for Xbox called Designed for Xbox Limited Series. The Bang & Olufsen Bioplay Portal Headphones coming in at $500, $499.99 in three color choices. But of course, the big write-up is uh, Bioplay Portal is the perfect combination of technology, design, and craftsmanship providing an immaculate audio experience for gaming and everyday activities. It is the first product for the Designed for Xbox Limited Series program intended to bring premium and bespoke experiences to our Xbox fans. Designed for Xbox Limited Series. Bang & Olufsen Bioplay Portal is the first Designed for Xbox Limited Series product in our program marked by a Designed for Xbox Limited Series badge on the lower right-hand corner of the box. This new category of licensed products ensures premium product quality and design. Limited Series products will also boast a custom-made feature set designed specifically for Xbox that will take your gaming experience to the next level. Gary, what the heck are these headphones? Why are they as much as my Xbox Series X? I don't know what these are. Why can't you tell me what these are, Gary? Tell me what they are. All right, let me see if I can sell you on it, Mike, because I, I do I do get this. And I, I, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, I, I like this. I like this. And I'll tell you why. This did, yeah, we talked, Paris touched on it earlier with the Series S and the Series X, right? They're aimed at two different markets, right? Based on, you know, how much you can afford and how far, how much money you want to invest in your hobby. Microsoft just a couple of weeks ago brought out the $99 headset, right? And it's gotten decent reviews. Like audio files will go, oh, no, God, no, it's not good enough for me. Yeah, for an audio file, for someone who's like ser seriously want, like, I don't even have the ears for it, but for those audio files that can really, really tell the difference between, you know, like a lossless track and a regular MP3 or whatever. I'm not one of those people, but there are people out there who, you know, wouldn't be seen dead wearing a pair of $99 headphones, whether they're the Xbox ones or anything else. They're, they want like the Sennheisers or the Bang & Olufsen's or, you know, the top of the range headphones, and they're willing to spend that money because that's what's important to them. The $99 headset, think, think of the $99 one as the Series S and the Bang & Olufsen as the Series X, right? If you want, if, if you want just the good enough headphones, the $99 Xbox headset is going to scratch that itch. But if you're an audiophile and you really, really want like the best possible, you know, definition and clarity or whatever, and you're willing to pay for it. And also, this is the other thing I like that you want it to be able to do everything. Like one headset to rule the one. This is my gaming headset and it's my and it's my music headset. Like most headsets can do that, right? You can listen to music on a on a on a $99 uh xbox headset this these astro but the, the, like right now i've got like my astro a50s i see Parrish is wearing the same ones this this is my gaming headset but i don't use it for music because it i don't think it's appropriate for that i've got my airpods max that i did spend like 500 bucks on and i love them because they're fantastic but i but not appropriate for gaming they're not I, I wouldn't use them as a gaming headset so i'm switching headsets as i go back and forth the idea of a of a, of a bang and olufsen like super premium headset which is like doing great job, doing a great job as a gaming headset, but then I can just take it and go listen to music and I've only got the one headset and it does everything. It makes sense to me. And yes, it's expensive, but if, it, here's the thing. If you're saying, oh my God, why are these headphones so expensive? They're not being marketed at you, right? The $99 headset is for you. Uh, and in the, same, in the same way that the audio file would say, oh my God, the $99 headset, I won't be seen dead with it. Yeah, it's not for that. Then that's not for you either. The five hundred dollar one is for you. It's you know, there's one offering for people that want good enough performance at a low price, and another offering for people that are weighing, weigh, willing to pay a lot of money for premium performance. I don't think this is rocket science. I, I think you nailed all that, but I, I have to say this one thing because uh, I know this person is watching, and and it's so funny that you mentioned the Air AirPod Max. This person told me. 
there's no way I'm going to spend $500 on, on those B&O headsets. That's ridiculous. It's a ripoff. I swear to you, next day, I just got the AirPod Maxes. I go, what's the freaking difference? It's the same thing. It's what Apple, you- man. They get you every time. <laughs> and by the way, if you, if, you don't, if you don't think that there's no if there's a market for $500 headphones, tell that to Apple where the AirPods exactly. Max are backordered for months. You can't get them. And, and there's a market the, for this stuff. Yeah, and that's the whole point because like you're saying, there is a market. There's an audiophile market that appreciates who that brand is and the quality of audio reproduction you're going to get out of them. The second I saw them teasing this, I, I immediately tweeted, I go, get ready. These will not be cheap. Please understand that. You know, this, these are B&O. They're not going to be cheap. Sure enough, they came out $500. Everyone was going crazy. Oh, this is insane. Why, why I have to spend this much? But like you said, Gary, they're not marketed towards you. I just like this whole Xbox limited series that they're doing. They're basically making a bougie lineup for gaming. I'm okay with bougie. <laughs> I'm, I'm old. I like bougie. Give me bougie. So I want these headsets, to be honest with you. I haven't, I haven't uh, pre-ordered them yet because I wanted to get the different color that comes out later, but I'm in the market forms for exactly what you just said, Gary. You got the, Air, the AirPod Max. You got them because you want that high end experience when you're listening to music. There and, is and a listen, they were, and, and you have to remember that they, I, I watched a bunch of reviews like true audiophiles will tell you the AirPod Max are trash. I mean, all those, like, right. I, I watched a video on audiophiles. I like, actually, I remember there was like a serious audiophile who's got like these ridiculous $10,000 like Swedish headphones. Like a true <laughs> yeah. audiophile will go all the way in. And it was actually kind of impressive because he tried the AirPods Max and he was like, you know what? These are actually pretty good for consumer headphones. Um, and, you know, again, I, I'm not an audiophile. I'm fortunate enough to be able to spend that kind of money on AirPods Max if I want to. I know not everyone's in that position, right. but God, God bless. I th- thank you. I, I, I bought them and I, they are incredible and I love them. And it's a very Mac, Macintosh, Apple household around here. You know, they, they switch seamlessly between my phone and my Mac and stuff. I like my, you know, my Apple TV. I love all of that. So for me, it was worth it. And, you know, I just, the build quality, all of the stuff that you expect from Apple, you're going to get that. And again, that's the market. It's like, it's the reason why Paris, when you go to like a Tiffany, you know, they don't have, when you go to like Tiffany Jewelers, they don't have prices on the things. Cause you have to, if you have to ask the price, you probably can't afford it. Exactly. Like some of the, these things are, these things are marketed at people who aren't going to bulk at the price. If you're going to bulk it, they don't care that some people are going, that's too expensive. Cause there are plenty of other people out there for whom it is not. It, it, it's like I said, it's, it's not rocket science. If, this was the only thing Microsoft were offering. I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, but the regular headset is there for most people. And it was very smart that they put out the wireless headset first instead right. of this, because we, look, we all talked about it. We all really liked them. And I think even when, when uh, cause you weren't on this one, Gary, but even when Danny was on here and we were reviewing the headsets, I was even saying at that time, like I have these Astro A50s, I go, they're good but they're not going to replace my Astro A50s, but my Astro A50s also cost 300 something dollars. You get what you pay for in that sense. But I do think what they created at the $99 price point fits that value. All the features that you get at $99 make sense. And it's good enough for gaming. It's good enough. The microphone's good enough for game chat, things like that. Obviously the, the fact that you can do the simultaneous Bluetooth along with, with, with the game audio on the Xbox is great, which by the way, the BNO can't do, even though it does do, have Bluetooth, you can't do them simultaneously. So that's an advantage the $99 headset has over that, depending on what you're trying to use them for. So like you said, Gary, it's their high end catered at a high end audience that is willing to pay that amount of money for them versus someone that when they saw that were 499, they got sticker shock. I mean, 
they weren't meant for you. They were meant, the, the headsets that Xbox are catering towards you are the wireless game, game. I don't even know how the hell you say it anymore. Xbox wireless <laughs> headset or whatever you call it, right? And I like them. I do. I was just using them the other day to watch uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. So I didn't wake up the entire house and they were fine. It's, you know, I also think just from a, from a general kind of optics and marketing standpoint, it's a smart move by Xbox to be associated with a premium brand like Bang yeah, & Olufsen. You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah, yep. completely agree. So, yep, yeah, yep. I think they're cool. What about you, Mike? Because you haven't chimed in on this. Uh, Paris, you said it best earlier in the week. Choice. The power of choice. And that's what I really like, right? For me, when I look at this, they give me the power of choice. If I want to spend $99, I can get a good headset. If I want to go big and go wild with it, I can definitely go up there and go reach the premium market. And I'm excited for the future, right? Like these headphones might not be for me because I'm not a big headphone guy, but that Xbox limited series product line could be for me because I'm really excited to see what they'll do. And that got me my mind racing of what's next, right? Paris and Gary, what could be next on this one? You look around and you think gaming. And sometimes I think so simply, right? console controller headphones tv what else could i add into the mix right but then when we look back and you see everything xbox has done i start to think of premium clothing lines i start to think of jordan and maybe selling some sweet air force ones that i've always wanted right i think of the nice brands of clothing that i love and seeing them collaborate on that maybe i think of a gaming chair or a tv and a cell phone like we've seen them partner with samsung before and so really for me it's like these headphones aren't for me, right? I, I don't need a set of headphones. I wouldn't spend $500 on a pair of headphones because I'm not a big audio guy. I don't really listen to music. I just wear it for gaming. But the possibilities of what's next really get me excited. I think, and you actually hit on what I think the next quote-unquote Xbox Limited Series thing is going to be. I see them partnering with someone like Samsung on a television. I do. Not that the Xbox is going to be built into it, but a TV that is quote-unquote xbox limited series does some some calibrated things out of the box that's specific to xbox all your accessories like imagine again again like we talk about those headsets you just press a button and they instantly work work with the console right yeah. maybe even when you're not using the console you can pair it directly to the television you can pair it obviously bluetooth stuff but you you have the xbox whatever their wireless tech is for your con for your your um controller and headset all the other accessories that you would normally connect to a console, you can connect it directly to the TV. And why would you connect it directly to the TV? Because there's that Xbox app that sits right there. You hit start, boom, you're cloud streaming the game and you're playing it. And it's all been, I, I can already see the marketing towards it. We work closely with Samsung and we bring in the best of our Xbox technology along with Samsung directly into the television with our new cloud technology. You pick up your controller, one press of the button and you're in and you're playing Xbox limited series, the Samsung QX29 Xbox series 12 for $3,000 or whatever the hell it'll be. But there you go. I, I could totally see that. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And actually, again, it, again, it's pie in the sky, but like a, a TV that actually has like the Xbox hardware built into it. I don't think they would go that far. I mean, I could kind of like, why not? But I don't think they would go that far. But a couple of things that I think do make a lot of sense for like, for example, since you brought it up a TV partnership, we've talked many times about how we think we're going to see that Game Pass mm -hmm. smart TV app built in, right? So you can stream games through the cloud directly to your TV through some kind of easy to use built in app. There'll be a Game Pass button right on your TV remote and all of that stuff. I, we, we definitely think that's coming. But what you just suggested, Paris, is like that is also another kind of cool step. When I got my Series X and my I got an LG OLED TV, 
I went through this painstaking process. I went on online and found like, here are the best like calibration settings, you know, for your Xbox Series right. X. Because like game mode doesn't get you all the way there. You still want to go in and tweak it. There's a calibration app built into the Xbox that will help you do all this stuff. But like, again, not everyone wants to do that, right? It's a mon- you know, and even a- AV nerds will tell you like, oh, you know, it takes you weeks, and you're gonna want to have some guy come over and like put st- you know put like. Uh, those rubber suction cups on your TV and like, you know, take the color temperature and like the real AV psychos will do all that kind of stuff. But but 99.9% of the people, they just want something that works out of the box. This LG OLED TV that I just bought recently has something called filmmaker mode. And the, and the gimmick is, oh, they're like top filmmakers have like signed off on this as like, this is the mode that you're going to watch the filming in the, in the way that best represents their creative vision. Now that may or may not be bollocks, but the point is from, from a marketing perspective, I think a lot of people would be attracted to that. Yep. Imagine a thing, as you just said, Xbox mode, right? This is this is the version that is already ca- this is the this is the mode that you go to. It auto detects the Xbox. Uh, my, my TV already does it. When I plug in, when I go to a game console, you know, HDMI input, it says you know activating game mode. But you just market it differently, as saying like now you're in Xbox Series X mode and everything is set up perfectly for you to get the best possible performance from your TV when it's you know in partnership with Xbox. It's all really it's all, all just marketing. Right, it's all smoke and mirrors. How effective it really is, who knows? But I think it it works, right? People buy into that stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that next, something like that. Completely agree. I'm so excited to see what this bad and bougie line is, Paris. I can't (laughs) wait to see what they do. (laughs) Very very soon. But I think it is really cool, right? The power of choice of having the affordable line and then partnering up with these big time brands, these name brands, right? You guys call it B and O. People know that name, right? They know what they're getting from that. And it'll be interesting to see who they align with and where this goes, because this is the first product. They announced that, right? This is a brand new thing for them. Where do they take it? I don't know, but I'm here for the ride. And I'm excited to see if they can get into my wallet, right? We're talking about a mini fridge. You best believe they're going to put that sticker on a mini fridge. There's no way you're selling that. That's not a premium product, you know, but that's enough of us. We've had a ton of fun on this Friday edition. It's time to go into the weekend. It's time to have some fun. It's a brand new month, and it's a time to go out there and be great. I want to thank my two incredible co-hosts, Paris Lilly and Gary Witta, for joining me. Barrett Courtney working the ones and twos. Let's do the quick roundup and get out of here. Paris Lilly, what awesome stuff are you doing this weekend and this week where people need to watch and hang out? Sure. So I'll be playing a lot of Outriders. And like I said, I will have some sponsored content for Outriders on my YouTube channel. That is Paris, P-A-R-R-I-S. Um, I want to thank NVIDIA and Square Enix for that opportunity. So make sure you check that out. Um, I was on New Rockstars this week, um, talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier and talking the new Obi-Wan series that, that's coming to Disney+. Plus. So if you like New Rockstars, you like Eric Voss and, and everybody over there, you can check out my debut episode. So I definitely want to thank them for inviting me. I had a, a lot of fun doing that. And uh, another game I missed at the top, I mentioned that I have dipped my toe into is uh, Octopath Traveler. Again, thank you, Game Pass. And uh, I've heard so many great things about it. And just even early on, I mean, it's it's scratching that JRPG itch that I didn't know I had. But um, it, it seems like a neat game. My biggest problem right now is finding enough time in the day to play all this stuff. Seriously, to do it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a good time. But and and as always, I'm on Twitter at fishes six nine six. You can find me rambling about something. You're the best. You're a fun follow, and you're awesome to see all the co- cool content. Gary Witta, I'm gonna hop in the car. I'm gonna go drive around Los Santos. Where can I find you and your jabroni crew doing dumb things? 
We're always around uh, twitch.tv slash Gary Witter for the live streams. I'm streaming uh, almost most nights. My Twitch TV channel has not really been that active. As you know, Mike, I'm not like a you know an every night kind of streamer because it's just a hobby rather than a job. But I'm so enjoying playing these characters and sharing that experiences, you know, that, those experiences with you know the audience that tune in. I've been I'm very, very active on Twitch right now. Twitch.tv slash Gary Witter for the live streams. And then YouTube.com slash Gary Witter is where you can find kind of the edited highlights. If you don't want to watch me play a character for three hours, you can watch like a 20-minute highlight reel. We're dropping a couple of those every week. Two different shows, one for each character, an Englishman in Los Santos and Los Santos After Dark with Carson Longcock will be debuting on uh, YouTube next week. So go and uh, check out those channels. Paris, I challenge you with this before we say goodbye. Gary's going to be addicted to this, and that means next week we're going to have to talk about it again. So please start to think of your role-playing character that you would play in Grand Theft Auto <laughs> RP, all right? Well, you know what I think, you know, so I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that I heard a rumor that Khalif might be joining No Pixel. Paris has got to get in there. I think they should set up like rival restaurants or something and let yeah, this food yeah. rivalry play out in role play oh in uh, in Los Santos. Oh, no, you rival, never rival, escape the rivalry. They can, they can be rival restaurateurs. Why not? Oh, yeah. Last last episode. Yeah. Yeah. You and Khalif had me rolling with, with, with all the character <laughs> stuff. So, no, I do. I would, I would love love to do something. We got like We'll that. get so, you in there. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, Paris, we'll have to talk. Paris, you sit on that. You think about it next week. I can't wait yeah. to hear the character you dream up. But on behalf of those two dudes, my guy, Bear Courtney, working the ones and twos. I'm Snowbike Mike. It's been an incredible kind of funny X cast for another awesome week. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll catch you back here with more Xbox news. Take care of yourself. See you later.